0: Hi everyone and a warm welcome to CBC Online today. My name is Ellen Wilde, I am a minister at Chichester Baptist Church and it's great to have you connecting with us in this way today. We're continuing our series today called Gospel DNA. It's a series for this summer looking at passages in Acts chapters 3 and 4. And we're wanting to see what we can learn from the early believers about the nature of the gospel, about how the early church lived out their faith and what lessons we can learn. And today we eavesdrop on a pretty amazing prayer meeting. Whenever I have the privilege of speaking and teaching, I always try to spend a bit of time thinking and mulling over the passage that I'm looking at before making any preparations. And I did that with this passage in Acts 4 that we've heard read to us. And one reflection I had from reading this passage is just how much easier it is to talk about prayer than it is to pray. How much easier it is to speak to you about prayer and for you to listen to me teaching about prayer than it is for us just to get on and pray. I've been a Christian for more than 25 years and I still do not have prayer cracked, not even nearly. Sometimes I I love to pray. Sometimes I find it easy to connect with God and really enjoy spending time talking to him. Other times I struggle with motivation or focus or I feel like I'm praying to the ceiling. Please tell me I'm not the only one. I want to grow in prayer. Prayer is a journey, not just learning about prayer, but actually praying. So what I want to do today, as we look at this passage, is to think about how the believers pray and what we can learn, to look at the Bible, to get to grips with what the scriptures are saying. And then I want us to actually pray. I've asked some people to help interject in this message today, to pray for us. So as we look at Acts chapter 4 together, this is part message, part prayer meeting, as we study God's word and try to put it into practice. If you look in verse 24 of the passage, it says they raise their voices together in prayer to God. We can't meet to pray in person, but we can still pray together as we meet online. Just as an aside, we can also meet this evening to pray together. We've set aside tonight at six o'clock to pray together on Zoom. We're going to have prayer and reflection and communion together. That should be a really special time. If you're on our mailing list, you should have had the details about that. And if you haven't got them, get in touch. We'd love you to join us. Please join me tonight at six o'clock as we pray together then as well. So what's going on here in this passage? Peter and John have been preaching to the people. They had seen a man miraculously healed, a lame man healed by the gate beautiful, then they're arrested, and we heard about that in Roger's message last week. But the Sanhedrin don't know how to punish them because the people are just praising God for all that has happened. And so they are set free and they go back to their own people, and what do they do? They pray. There are some lessons here as the believers pray in what's actually quite a mixed set of circumstances. They pray in the midst of joy. There's been this amazing healing that's happened. They pray in the midst of difficulty. They've been arrested. And they pray in the midst of confusion. The Sanhedrin didn't know how to punish them. They don't want them speaking the name of Jesus. Where does that leave them and the sharing of the gospel now? In this season we're in when we look at our own lives and when we look at the crazy year that 2020 has been so far and when we look at the world around us and all that's going on, I'd suggest that actually we too are praying into that same mixed set of circumstances. We pray into the context of joy. We pray into the context of difficulty and into the context of confusion. Welcome to being human in 2020. The hallmark of this prayer meeting in Acts chapter 4 just seems to be that the Christians know that God's present that they know it's worthwhile praying because he is going to answer them and if when we prayed if we felt that we'd really connected with God if we really felt that our prayers were worthwhile I'm pretty sure that we would pray more than we do at the moment and the bold courageous kind of prayers too I've sat through an awful lot of prayer times you know shampoo position Head in your hands, looking down at your feet, staring, not really feeling a particular connection with God. This prayer meeting in Acts 4 is not that kind of prayer meeting. The whole place where they're praying is shaken, such is the power and the presence of God and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Their God is our God, the same powerful prayer answering God. God would you fill us with your spirit today as we pray? So what do the believers pray and how do they pray? I want to mention three aspects to this prayer time and think about what we can learn for them and then pause and pray about after each of those and put them into practice. Hopefully this will be practical and helpful for us today. The first thing to say is about praying prayers that remind us of God's ways, praying prayers that remind us of God's ways. If you look at verse 24, It says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit and so on. That phrase sovereign Lord is interesting. The Greek word used is despotes, which we obviously get the word despot from, which has come to be very negative. Someone who wields power in a cruel and a controlling way. The usual word used for Lord in our Bibles appears over 700 times in the New Testament and it's the word Kyrios. That is the usual word used. This word, Sovereign Lord, Despotes, is much more unusual and we only find it 10 times in the New Testament. Now, if you take away the negative connotations that that word Despot has come to mean, what you're left with is that the believers are acknowledging some things about their God that he does have absolute power, and that he does have absolute ownership of our lives. They are about to pray some bold and courageous prayers, and they start by putting it out there straight away that this God, this sovereign Lord, this spot is, he has all power and authority to act. And as they begin this prayer meeting, they tell God some things about himself. Now, of course, God doesn't need reminding of his own ways. He doesn't need to be told things about himself. When my son comes to me and says to me something like, Mum, you promised me an ice cream. I actually might need reminding. I may well have said to him earlier in the day, Yes, yes, later on you can have an ice cream. But I forgot I needed reminding. Now, my son never forgets, of course. And he prompts me, he reminds me of what I said that I would do. Now God doesn't need reminding of his own ways, he knows. We remind ourselves of God's promises and of his power and what he's like for our benefit, not his. It's for our benefit, it helps us to pray. It's much easier to connect with God when we've reminded ourselves about his ways. It's such a helpful tip as we pray to start this way, to remind ourselves of who God is, what he says and what he's done. I've asked Louise if she'll lead us in some prayers of praise and worship now, which do just this, to remind ourselves of God's ways, to increase our faith and our trust in him as we come to pray. So let's do that now.
1: Hello everyone, we're going to pray now in worship to God and just like Peter and John we're going to use some statements of faith of who God is and what he has done, so let's pray together. Creator God, we come before you, the maker of this beautiful world, of stars and oceans, mountains and rainbows, of eagles and sparrows. The world you have created is wonderful, it's breathtaking in so many ways. You are an amazing God. We thank you for the power of prayer that opens us up to your sovereignty and your big picture. That you are a God who speaks into our world and situations that we find ourselves in. Thank you that you are in control. That all time, both past and present and future, that all people and nations are in your hands. To
0: you be praise and glory. Amen. Thanks so much for that Louise, God is our maker, he is the one who speaks, he is the one who is in control, a big amen to that. The second aspect of this prayer which can help us is about praying prayers that use scripture. In our story the Christians quote from an Old Testament Psalm and it's a Psalm showing how no one can plot against God. How any plot is in vain because God is all-powerful and again they use it as a reminder about God which helps them to pray. Using scripture as we pray is just really helpful and it is sometimes not something that we associate with prayer. Praying is when we talk to God and reading the Bible is when we listen to him and his word and somehow never the twain shall meet. But actually, praying scripture is incredibly helpful if we're wanting to connect with God in a meaningful way. We can use the scriptures in any kinds of praying. There's all sorts of prayer and emotion and expression in our Bible. We can use um, it in worship. We can use scripture for, for thanksgiving. We can use it as we pray in intercession and bringing needs as we ask God for things. The Psalms in particular are prayers. They're full of worship and thanksgiving and intercession, covering the whole range of human emotion and expression. I remember a season of my life which was just really very difficult. I was having a really um, hard time and I was not in a good place at all. And praying was so difficult. It was one of the first things to go, really, that I struggled so much to pray. And you know, this is what I did. I didn't have my own words for prayer. And so what I did was I prayed the Bible. I picked Psalms and I prayed them. I was using someone else's words for prayer to give me a voice when I had no words and it was such a help. However, we're feeling scripture in prayer can be so helpful to us. It can help us personally, but it can also be a huge help to us corporately it's a brilliant thing when we're praying together and someone just shares some verses of the Bible, maybe some verses of praise. Sometimes someone shares a verse or some scripture that has a prophetic sense to it. And it's God's now word for that moment as he speaks directly. That might give direction to the rest of the prayer time. That's a powerful thing when that happens. I've asked Ian if he'll lead us in some prayer using the scriptures and I've asked him to pray the Bible in intercession particularly focusing on all that's happened in Beirut recently so let's pray again together this time using the Bible.
2: For the people of Lebanon affected from within and without by influences of unrest and war a nation receiving so many refugees from Syria, a neighbour that until recently dominated its politics, and with tension on every land border, we come to you, the God of the nations. Well might these people say, I have been deprived of peace, I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendour is gone, and all that I had hoped from the Lord, my soul is downcast within me. May there be a turning to you, Father God, so that the people of that beautiful land can say this, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. May they wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. We pray for the port city of Beirut, reminded that as in the days of King Solomon, the people of that land traded by sea as they shipped cedar and juniper logs for the construction of the temple in Jerusalem, and they imported wheat and olive oil. Not only do we pray for the port to be restored and the nation ready to trade again, but that more people coming to faith might themselves become temples of the living God. And for the believers, we're giving thanks for you, remembering you in our prayers. As in your own grief, you continue to serve others. Be reminded of the words of Jesus. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Father, we commit our brothers and sisters in Lebanon to you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for that, Ian. I'd encourage us to do more of this going forwards. When we're praying, whether it's on our own, whether we're praying with others, that we have our Bible to hand and that we use God's Word in prayer. So we thought about praying prayers that remind us of God's ways. We thought about praying prayers that use scripture. And the final aspect of this amazing prayer meeting to mention is about praying prayers for boldness rather than solutions look at what the believers ask for in verse 29 they say this now lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness stretch out your hand to heal and so on they ask for boldness and they ask for god's power to be shown in miracles It's what they don't ask for here as much as what they do. They don't ask for protection. They don't ask for their enemy's hand to be stopped. They don't ask to be removed from the situation. What they ask for is boldness and courage. They ask to speak the word of God boldly. They ask that God's miracles would continue, for boldness to go out there again, to keep on witnessing for Jesus, even though it's been difficult it was the glory of jesus that they are most concerned about in the midst of difficulty i've got to confess that often i'm most concerned about my own well-being my own protection more than the glory of jesus and about witnessing courageously for him we are in the midst of a difficult season in this nation and globally with coronavirus How do we as Christians pray into this context? How do we pray about what's going on around us? Now reading this passage doesn't mean that we don't pray for protection, that we don't pray for a vaccine and for healing and so on. Of course we should, that's right. But how about also praying that the church of God would stand up and speak out with courage and boldness? to be bringers of hope at this time, for the name of Jesus to be glorified, for us to be filled with the Spirit of God. I've asked Jude to help us to pray in this way, to ask the Lord for that boldness that we read about here in Acts 4 when we're praying about coronavirus. So let's do that together now. Let's pray.
3: Father God, we come to you in this season, we are concerned about corona, we do of course pray for a vaccine and we pray for the health and safety of people in this country and around the world. But as well as that Lord, we want to have fresh courage and fresh bravery that we may be able to share a little bit about why we have security in you. why we are able to have a foundation with deep roots. Would you give us, Lord, bravery and courage to have those conversations, to share our faith in you and to give a reason for the hope that's in us. Please, Lord, help us to be salt and light in this season
0: and to glorify your name, Jesus. Amen. We have a foundation with deep roots. Give us your courage. Amen to that, Jude. Thank you. I want to finish our time together with a story that Tony Campolo tells. And he describes Jesus returning to heaven after his time on the earth, and the angels gather around him to find out all that had happened. And Jesus explained to the angels how he lived among the people, how he shared his teaching, showed his love, died on the cross to rescue people from their sins and was resurrected on the third day. And when he finished telling this story, Michael the Archangel asked Jesus, so Jesus, what happens now? And Jesus answered him, I've left behind me a faithful group of men and women. They are going to tell the story. They are going to share the love and spread the kingdom. Michael said to Jesus, but what if they fail? What's the plan then? And Jesus answered, there is no other plan. God's plan A for his world is his church. It's us. He doesn't have a plan B. God has invested his name in his church. We are his representatives in the world. And so what that means is that as we pray, we can pray bold and courageous prayers for the glory of his name. Because we represent him as we pray and as we are filled with his spirit and as we share him with courage and boldness. The believers here in this passage, they get what they pray for. If you look at verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They get boldness, they get power, and they're filled with the Spirit of God. May we be people of prayer, that pray, that remind God of his ways, that we pray the Bible back to him in prayer, that we pray boldly and courageously, not just for protection and well-being, but for his courage. And may we be filled today with his powerful, glorious, loving Holy Spirit's presence as we seek to pray well, and to serve him. God bless you. Amen.